This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You, you, we've talked before about the federal government and their stated goals of, um, you know, massively reduced emissions by 2035, net zero by 2050. Those are the timelines. That's the targets that they've set. There's a lot of people. You know, our premier has said that, that, that it's just not reasonable. Uh, it's not attainable. Um, and there's others who say it's going to be extremely difficult. Um, uh, our premier was saying this week that, you know, 2035, that's not within the window of possibility. 2050, we can work on that together. Let's, let's come to the table. So um, it, it'd be a challenge. It would be a big lift. I think most people recognize that. So short of announcing the goal, uh, goals or beyond announcing the goals, I guess, what are they doing to make it happen? What should they be doing? Well, recently, a number of groups, including uh, Alberta Chambers of Commerce and the Business Council of Alberta, wrote an open letter to the federal government talking about some of the things that they want to see them focus on. And then this morning, the Business Council of Alberta released a very detailed report into this situation. Some of the problems that exist, the challenges, if you will, some of the opportunities and the path to getting from the challenge to the opportunity. And we're going to speak now with Mike Holden, who is Vice President of Policy and the Chief Economist at the Business Council of Alberta. Mike, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you. Um, it's, a, it's a really detailed report. There's a lot to get into, probably more than we can do in one segment. So, <laughs> so, so let's break it down here. To start, we're talking about a report into reaching those climate targets, what that means in terms of development, building, investment in our country, and what it's going to require. That was the starting point, right? Trying to square that circle. Yeah, that's right. It's really, it's, it's the starting point of the amount of investment that's needed to actually achieve these targets. And so right now, we're investing maybe one-fifth of what's needed. And so one of the reasons why uh, why we have such a large gap is because of the um, the federal and provincial processes about approving projects. And so it takes a long time to approve a project. And as it stands right now, we might be in a position where we couldn't even approve the projects that are needed to meet those targets, never mind actually build them. And so this report is really all about what we can do within the federal review and permitting processes to try to accelerate those things. I mean, we, we, we hear in Canada that Canada has this reputation that we're becoming a place where, where big projects can't get built. And one of the hurdles for that is is the the federal review process. And so right. our report really details a lot of some of the challenges that we see and what we can do within our existing systems to actually fix them and get these projects built. Okay, so this regulatory process, I mean, let's go through it because, I mean, some of this, the cases that are cited, you know, like up to 10 years to get projects approved and an average of over three years. I mean, what's going on? Just give us your current take on what we're seeing in terms of the way the regulatory process works in our country right now. Well, the regulatory process as it works now, it, it's, it's intended to prevent bad things from happening. So proponents, um, companies that want to put a project forward, they have, they, they, they do so, and it requires a series of, of environmental impact assessments. It requires a whole series of, of community engagement. It requires extensive indigenous engagement. And in each one of those cases, uh, there are, there are complications or hurdles or inconsistencies or lack of clarity about what the companies actually need to do in order to fulfill those obligations. And so what ends up happening is in a lot of cases, the company will find that they, it was impossible for them to do all the things that the government required them to do within the time allotted. And so they need to stop their 
um, plenty of opportunities to delay, um, to, to, you know, new, more information that's required, more consultation that's needed, and all those things add on to the timelines that, that companies have. And so if you're a company that's looking to put billions of dollars into a major project, and you're not sure when you can actually build the thing, and you're not sure whether the government's going to actually approve it at the end of the day, it, it's a really hard ask to get them to put forward those millions of dollars in the pre-work that's necessary and uh, and then all the time that goes into it and without having a certain result at the end of the day. We're going to need foreign investment here, and, and there's no question that uh, that's going to have to be part of it. We're going to have to have companies and corporations from other parts of the world trying to get involved. Um, do we have a reputational problem when it comes to, you mentioned it earlier, I mean, when people look at Canada and trying to get a major project approved and built, do they say, oh boy, it, it's just not worth it? Uh, we, we do have a bit of a reputational problem, but I, I, I don't. I wouldn't want to say that ours is significantly worse than other countries. This is an issue that's going on in the states. I mean, if you you know follow part of the um, for the debt the act around the debt ceiling, there's a lot of work in the U.S. about how they can um, expedite their project approvals as well. So it's not like it's a problem that's unique to Canada, but we do have that reputation to some degree. And so our report it starts with you know some early initial steps that governments can take to help shift that mood, shift that perception. So that, uh, you know, Canada can't compete with the U.S. in terms of the kinds of subsidies and incentives that they're offering companies to locate there. And so if we or if our pockets aren't as deep as in the U.S., um, the one thing that we do have that we can fix and, and create an advantage out of is our project approval and regulatory system. And so that's where we think the government should focus. So what do they need to do? Where do they need to get started on? What do you want to see change with that process? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Well, there's a, as you said, the report is very detailed. It we is, yeah. Tons of, tons of recommendations in there. The ones that we would lead with, um, I think, so there, there are four. I'll talk about a couple of them. One is, um, you know, Indigenous consultation, Indigenous economic participation are key to getting any project built in Canada. And I think everybody agrees on that. The government does, companies do, and certainly the Indigenous communities do. So one of the things that would help in that regard is, is additional uh, federal support for, um, for access to capital and financing for, for Indigenous communities and for Indigenous companies to be able to participate economically more than they do at present in, in these kinds of projects, and as well as technical capacity. So Indigenous communities end up being consulted a lot, and uh, if they have the technical capacity to be able to you know, assess the merits and drawbacks of a project, um, that would help speed that process up. So that's one of them. And then another is that there is an issue with the, the Impact Assessment Act. <clears throat> this gets a little technical, but uh, the, the, the bottom line version of it is, is that uh, the Environment Minister has the right to designate a project as falling under that act um, if he so chooses. Now, it's not a power that gets used a lot, mm -hmm. but it does 
uh, it does scare companies a little bit because they could go through an entire process that they think won't trigger that kind of review. Um, but there's always the specter that the minister might change his or her mind at any point in time and, and cause it to do that. And so that is a bit of a deterrent. If we could clarify the rules around that and the conditions under which the minister would say, hey, yes, this project will fall under this act, that would eliminate a lot of uncertainty right off the bat. Okay, a couple other things I want to get into in a second. But first of all, where's the government on this? Are, does there appear to be recognition that there are problems and things that need to be improved upon? Have they started on that process at all, Mike? Yeah, you know, that's the good news. They absolutely have. Okay. And, I mean, we've been we've been meeting. In fact, I'm literally in Ottawa right now meeting on this report. And, uh, you know, we've had meetings on this for over the last year or so, and the tone has really changed in Ottawa. There is a strong recognition that this is a major issue that needs to be addressed. There was There are resources put into the most recent federal budget to help address this problem. And so this report that we put out right now is, is really helping out, and it's being quite warmly received because we're offering a number of solutions to problems that the government itself realizes that it has. Excellent. That's good to hear. That's encouraging. Okay, the price tag that you bring when you, with this report, uh, you're talking about, well, hundreds of billions of dollars annual, I should say tens of billions of dollars every single year. Give us a breakdown because those numbers are eye-watering, Mike. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's these are all, all there, there are various estimates that have come out over time about how much money is needed in order to uh, in order to meet our climate targets and how much um, is being foregone in, in Canada and they're tricky to measure for sure but I mean if, if you think about it just in terms of the amount of investment that's needed to reach the climate targets so a number of uh, and that's where you get like in, into the tens and hundreds of billions of dollars yeah. and that is investment that is just not happening right now and there's a bit of frustration I think sometimes on the part of government who set these targets and um, are not seeing the kind of investment that they want out of the private sector in order to meet them and so that's uh, you know which circles back to this this issue of the regulatory and permitting process that's not a silver bullet it's not going to solve every problem there is but it's certainly going to help and so this is something that's uh, it's a step along the way towards towards attracting that money because we're leaving a lot on the table that's the thing there's a lot of opportunity here um do we do we run the risk of falling behind of course we're going to compare with the united states and i we we've, we know the infrastructure act and all the things that were done in the states where they're really going hard at this is there is there a, a risk that you know what if we don't uh, change the way we do things, we're going to get left behind here and miss out on the opportunity that you say exists. Oh, there's a huge risk of that. And and part of, part of that is because, as I said before, they, nobody has pockets as deep as the U.S. does. And so the, the amount of money, whether through the Inflation Reduction Act or other other actions by the U.S., they're putting tons of money into luring companies um, and, and attracting investment in there. And so Canada's tried to do a little bit of that in some targeted areas, but we can't compete at the end of the day on, 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 on a dollar basis. And so if, if, you know, to prevent us losing that investment, uh, we have to turn to things like our, our regulatory system to make sure that if this is a clear, predictable and fast way to get projects built, or fast place rather to get projects built, then that's, uh, that's an advantage that we can potentially leverage. Mike, uh, it's, it's uh, like I say, a detailed report. There's a lot in there. And you know what? The timeline, we're talking about 2035, right? So, I mean, it's not like we can sit around and sort of twiddle our thumbs. We need to get moving on this. Oh, absolutely. And in fact, it's, it's, I mean, there are 2030 targets as well. Yeah, so true. Six, six, six and a half years to get there. And, you know, we're, emissions have come down a little bit, but nowhere near enough to actually meet that target. And so if, you know, it's, it's going to be somewhere between extraordinarily difficult and impossible to actually meet that target. But if we're going to at least uh, make a sincere attempt at it, these are the kinds of things we need to look at quite seriously. Mike, good stuff. Thanks so much for being here today. I really appreciate it.